Welcome to Off the Bounce. This is the NBA podcast that you did not know you needed in your life. I'm your host, Gajan, and as always, I'm joined by Vic Nash. Hey, hey. And Nissan. What's going on, folks? You know I got your fun fact. And did you guys know that Mike Tyson once offered a zookeeper $10,000 to fight a gorilla? Only you would do something as stupid as that. Listen, my name isn't Mike Tyson, dude. And he doesn't have $10,000, so. It might as well be. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're on your way, though. now that that's out of the way uh let's talk about some nba shattering news okay it didn't shatter the nba but you know what i mean jimmy butler is on his way to the philadelphia 76ers along with justin Patton, uh the minnesota timberwolves picking up dario sarge and robert covington as well as jared bayless Everyone forgets about Jared Bayless. He's in that trade, too. Is Oh, wow. I mean, I forgot about Jared Bayless. He's still in the NBA. <laughs> I, listen, he is. Philly had to give, give him away. So, um, And is. they got a 2022 second-round pick. But let me ask you something. Does this acquisition by the 76ers make them a top-two team in the East? Not top three, not top four. Top-two team. Ah, that's tough, man. That's tough. I don't. I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Do you think it's because the Raptors and the Bucks are doing so well? You think that's why? Do you think that I should ask the questions and you should wait for your turn to talk? I think so, too. Vignesh, can you please continue? <laughs> Pretty much. The Raptors, I feel like, have solidified themselves as one of the powerhouses in the East right now. The Bucks are doing really well. I don't know if Jimmy Butler is addressing the shooting that... Philly so so sorely lacks, but yeah, he's gonna be better than Markov Fultz in the starting lineup. Oh my god, he is he is a uh, Jimmy G buckets. The G stands for gets. So I think he's gonna go and get you buckets. He's a willing scorer, and I think like I don't want to use the term big three, mm-hmm. but essentially they've compiled three top twenty players yeah. in the league. Yeah, three of the top twenty players in the league. And I think that depth, and if they mesh well together, I think they will mesh well together. I think that's going to win you some games just by sheer talent itself. So are they a top two team? Yes or no? No, I think they could be... I think their top two teams are going to be the Raptors and either the Bucks or the Celtics. I think they could at most be a top four seed. Top four. Top four At most. At most top four. Who would be the third seed ahead of them? It would be the Raptors... The Bucks, the Celtics, and then maybe the 76ers. Okay. All right. Nissan, finally, you can share your thoughts with us before rudely interrupting our <laughs> co-host here. Um, what do you think? Do you think that they, are, they have enough talent to outpace uh, two of either the Celtics, the Bucks, or the Raptors? I think they can uh, outpace the Bucks, to be honest. Because like uh, Vic Nash mentioned, they do have, I mean, you can arguably say that Three, maybe the top 20 players. But one thing you mentioned is that they don't have the, the depth that they don't have, actually. Um, losing Sarge and Covington actually, I feel like, hinders their depth. Um, really, we don't know any of their bench players, aside from maybe Amir Johnson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think that's where they lack. That's something where a lot of teams lack in the East, like minus you know your Boston Celtics and your Toronto Raptors, which, which is why I have them placed maybe third. So in the top three. Over the Bucks, because I feel like yeah, the Bucks, you know, are on a hot start now. You know, playing. I mean, sorry, having a lot of shooters around uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. You know, new coach and Boonholzer, but I think that might fall off. It's not going to last the entire season. 
which is why I think ultimately when you come down to it and, you know, if it's like the Bucks versus the Sixers, I would take, you know, Embiid, Ben, and Jimmy G buckets over Giannis and yeah. Cole. Yeah, I mean, it, we try to have differing opinions here because we, all three of us, we kind of see basketball a little bit differently from each other. But I got to say, I just don't see them being anything higher than the top four seed. The Raptors, again, all things remaining healthy. The Raptors really are finding their groove. They've had a little bit of hiccups over the last couple of days. We'll talk about that later. The Bucks, Giannis really coming out for an MVP season, right? Really coming off of that offseason, really, really strong. Victor Oladipo and DeBontis Sabonis and Miles Turner are like a dark horse in the East. We talked about it in one of our earlier shows, and they are number three right now. They are tied with the Celtics with an eight and six record. I think you shouldn't discount them as well. They're a tough team. They're They're a tough tough team. team. So I think for the 76ers, it's a great acquisition for them. What they lack in depth, they made up in, like you said, Jimmy G buckets will, will make for, I believe, a great regular season run. Uh, I don't. I just don't see them being a third seed or higher. I, I I don't think they have enough. I think they can string together enough wins just by the top heaviness of that squad, and somehow get to um, and somehow get to like that top three seed. I'm like right now at the time of recording, they have lost to the Orlando Magic, so I don't know how well that bodes for that team. But my biggest thing is like to Nissan's point of depth. Where does Marco Fultz really? fall in this like yeah we lost depth but your depth is Markel Fultz right now is Markel Fultz a 76er at the end of the season if you had to guess yeah I think he is you think he is Nissan no I don't want him to be I think they should use him as a trade piece or who's gonna trade for him his stock is quite low it is low but they do have the Miami first round pick which they acquired during the draft. So maybe if they compare that with Fultz, they can get rid of him. Because I'm not liking this pump fake free throw that he's doing and that he's practicing uh, right now. It's just not working. You want to know a fun fact? Sure. Marco Fultz wor- worked out for the Los Angeles Lakers and then tweeted about how they were really impressed with the shooting form, which was a dig at Lonzo Ball. Wow. Lonzo Ball is having his career best uh, in three-point percentage, averaging 36% from the three-point line. And what is Markov Fultz doing? Pump faking free throws. Um. <laughs> this, is, this, is quite, this is quite true. He pump faked a free throw. Um, <coughs> our thoughts and prayers are with Markel Fultz. Um, now, with that out of the way, let's kind of continue on to some other news. Um, KD and Draymond Green. Ooh. Oh, jeez. I, I, you know, I love NBA gossip, okay? I, I, I'm going to indulge this. I'm going to indulge this. Last night, <coughs> excuse me, I'm choking on my words. Last night, after the overtime loss, Draymond Green, allegedly the loss to the Clippers, called out KD, questioned his loyalty, and him dancing and flirting around leaving at the end of the season. Um, and really, you know, Draymond walking away, calling him names. Boogie Cousins had to calm him down. Boogie Cousins had to calm him down. Yeah, yeah. And um, KD, in some clips, it looks like I'm not even here next year. Like he said, this some, is why I'm leaving. This is why I'm leaving or something along those lines. Okay. So, guys, watching this, do you think, what, number one, 
Kevin Durant has any chance of staying with the Warriors next year? And number two, do you think that the Warriors will make a bid to get rid of Draymond Green to keep Kevin Durant? Nissan, we'll start with you. Even if this didn't happen, I still think KD was already out the door. Uh, where he's going to go, I don't know. But I already felt like he's leaving you know, and he wants to test free agency. Seeing the dynasty live on, again, that would be nice to see. They could go down as like the best team in history. But I think after this three-peat, that's right, I said it. They're going to probably win the championship this year. He's out of here. He's, he's taking his town somewhere else. Maybe LA. Yeah. And you know what? Some of you might be thinking, hey, why are you talking about NBA gossip on this show? Hey, blog boys. Listen, we love this stuff. Yeah. This is the kind of stuff Yo, we really we enjoy. Blog boys. I'm telling you, we are some serious blog boys. I will take something and blow it up into nothing. Uh, <laughs> but I got to say, uh, if they win this year, like, you can already make a case that this is the greatest team assembled already. You're talking three championships over four years, and one of those years that they didn't win, they still had the record-breaking regular season. Again, you can say they are a dynasty already, but if they win this championship as well, I think you can make a case that they are the best team of all time, and it's a really aggressive argument because you got to take into account the Celtics of the 70s and that amazing run that they went on, but that doesn't compare to the actual playing field and competition that you have now. Uh, Dinks, what about you? What do you think? I'm not really putting too much stock in this. I mean, yeah, it is troubling. It was, you know, KD and Draymond were getting into it because KD felt that he should have gotten the ball. I mean, the man had dropped a triple-double in regulation time. Probably the best scorer in the league right now. He's six seconds left. Give him the damn ball. Right? One thing One thing I just want to mention. So, Draymond Green's mom actually tweeted something about this play. What? So, I'm going I'm to I'm put this on quotes. So, she was replying to a tweet. And what she said was, Katie should have ran and filled the lane like he always does. Dre got trapped because he was expecting him to be there. And he wasn't. Hashtag enough said. Hashtag Dre ain't selfish. Wow. Mama watches ball. Mama Green needs to understand that Draymond was fumbling the ball and lost the ball before he could even pass it, assuming that KD was even in the lane. Wow. Dinks. Vicknash, you're like, you're really going at KD. Wait, you're really going at Draymond Green's mom right now? I mean, hashtag enough said. Hashtag what was Draymond thinking? Some wise words from Vic Nesh here. She does kind of have a point. Yeah, he might have been fumbling, but that could have been because of like the pressure from pretty much the Clippers. Like it did look like he was pretty much being triple teamed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you, but he shouldn't have been. Like there's six seconds left. Obviously, um, him and Katie both went up for the board. Katie let it go, assuming Draymond would give him the ball. What? What did? What did Kevin Durant do in the past two NBA Finals? He hit bring the shots. ball up, bring the ball up yeah. with time remaining on the clock and pull up from 30 or beyond and nail, nail the dagger to seal, not the game, the championship. I feel like I got to mute Nissan's microphone right now because <laughs> he just, he's so giddy. He wants to, wait, let Vignesh finish his I thought. I can't, I can't. What do you want to say right now? What do you want to say? So wait, okay, I get that. Listen, KD, probably one of the best clutch performers, but what is wrong with... Dre dribbling up the ball. There were six seconds. There was Clay Thompson who scored 14 in the fourth, who was also feeling it. KD was also feeling it throughout the entire game. 
if KD did fill that lane, I don't think Dre would have been, you know, triple team. He didn't even come up the court in that play. All right. Number one, and this is, I'm just going to end it on this. KD went up the court in the finals against LeBron James and Twice. hit a clutch three to pretty much seal the deal. And I believe game four it was, or game five. Last year was game four. The year before that was game five. That's what it was. Um, that, that's enough reason for me that any time there's like five or six seconds left, you're giving to Dre, uh, Kevin Durant if Steph is not available. Simple. That's it. We don't want to hear it. We don't want to talk about it. That's, that's how it ends. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Draymond Mama, but that's just how it goes. Mrs. Green, I'm sorry, but that's just how it goes. Um, Nissan right now is being traded to Philly, so... Uh, Listen, peace. y'all are crazy, okay? Y'all are just if you crazy take, If you want to take your talents right. to South Beach, I'm this, a, is your, this is your time. I'm going to go text Katie, and we're about to... We're about to and we just cut his microphone. We just cut his microphone. We don't want... Get out of here. We're going to L.A., all right? Yeah. Um, anyways, we, we still got a show to wrap up. Let's talk about the Carmelo drama that just every year, it doesn't seem to die. Carmelo is like Undertaker in the WWE. You think he's old, washed up, and done, but somehow they keep bringing him back from the grave. Like, really? Really? Why? Why? You're sucking the life out of me right now. So, <laughs> um, where does Carmelo end up? By the end of the year, like where is is he still playing for Houston? Or if you had to guess, where is he playing? I'm guessing he's either playing in either Boston or Philly, because I think Kyrie pretty much said he wants Carmelo, and I think Elton Brand has hinted at getting Carmelo. And I think both teams could bode well with Carmelo. Philly more so than Boston, because I think Boston has enough talent to like kind of make something work. I think. Them having Gordon Hayward into the lineup, Brad Stevens trying to work that in, was kind of was, was not working. But I think Philly just needs whatever depth they can get right now. Yeah, and I and I know Carmelo is nowhere near uh, the player he was like a few years ago. But I, I Carmelo is a good shooter still. This and is I think Carmelo will address that need somehow. And I hope I hope like a third stop in t- two years helps him realize that, you know, as your game ages, you need to, as you age, your game needs to age as well. And I think he'll probably figure out that when he's like the, he's went from a third option to being like another third option in Houston to now being essentially the fourth option in Philadelphia. I think he's probably going to understand that, okay, I need to change my game. It is very sad to see Carmelo in this state. If I could be serious for one moment before I become absolutely absurd, uh, it is very sad to see this, uh, to see a veteran player wanting to be a starting, uh, you know, pivotal piece of a team's offense when clearly his talents are not up to that level. Okay, it's very sad to see, especially for someone that at one point in his career could be argued to be one of the two best players in the league. Like he was literally like, the second best player in the league uh, at a time, right? Um, And I think a lot of people, you know, uh, Bill Simmons kind of brought this up as well, where a lot of people kind of forget how good Carmelo was, right? Especially when he was on the Nuggets. He was definitely a powerhouse. But Carmelo, I mean, this is really sad at this point because you're really holding back the potential of, of the last two teams that you're on because of your unwillingness 
to buy into the system and really play your role a bit, right? And he kind of showed flashes of that in OKC where he was a little bit more open, given a little bit more space and had that mid-range shot. Clearly, it didn't work well enough for that team. Where where was, sorry, if I could yeah. add to that, where it was very blatant was, it's you're in Houston. Houston is space to floor. You have, um, Houston doesn't move the ball, but they isolate in space, right? Mm-hmm. And they like to shoot threes, whereas Carmelo is stopping the ball movement, clogging the mid-range. Like, a D'Antoni system does not allow for mid-range shots. Whereas Carmelo was taking mid-range shots and not hitting them. So it makes total sense as to why it didn't work. Yeah, and really, it's like watching Conor McGregor uh, argue that he can beat Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match like this was happening all year and just... It wasn't going to happen. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Like, you're facing one of the best boxers of the era in his own sport. You don't do that. You're not going to win. In fact, you're probably going to get knocked out. And that's essentially what happened. Carmelo, listen, we get it. You believe in yourself. But you're not a starting caliber player right now on any of these teams like i just feel like you just don't have that right now i'm sorry to say that even as a carmelo fan and because of that you know listen let me give you the the list of teams that he's going to be playing on potentially very soon okay the Zhejiang lions the shanghai sharks the beijing ducks the guangdong southern tigers the Leoning Flying Leopards, the Baiyi Rockets, not the Houston Rockets, the Baiyi Rockets, okay? The Jiangsu Dragons, the Xinjiang Flying Tigers, or, I mean, if those Tigers weren't enough, the Zhili Northeast Tigers, okay? Any one of those teams, Carmelo, be my guest. You definitely have more than enough talent to be a starting player there. But in the NBA, please step aside. Come off the bench, buy into the system, support the team, and stop trying to like really just think that you are capable in your current state to be a pivotal clutch shot taking play. It's just not there, and it frustrates me. And the reason it bothers me so much is <laughs> he was great. Oh, he was. He was great. He like he was amazing. And I and I and I really feel like he's his reputation. You know, when he does his Hall of Fame speech, I'm sure it'll, it might be forgotten by you. Then. So wait, you think that Carmelo is still making it to the Hall of Fame? I think there's going to be a real a good amount of argument made for that. But here's the thing. Okay, let's say if he, even if he doesn't make it, but especially if he doesn't make it, I feel like his legacy is going to be kind of like, there's going to be a black mark on his legacy because of this. You know what I mean? And that's what bothers me. It's almost like I'm, I'm, I'm upset for him. But hey. It's your decision, Carmelo. Do what you got to do. We know what we got to do. We got to wrap up the show. Thank you all for listening. Dinks, did you enjoy that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it seems a lot nicer when Nissan's not here. Oh, definitely a lot nicer. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Make sure to leave a review on iTunes if you enjoy the show and let your fellow NBA fans know about the show. Again, this was Off the Bounce. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and on Instagram, Off the Bounce pod let us know what you think and we'll see you next time peace peace